Hey, and welcome to the world of small talk, where we have small conversations with deep implications. I'm your host, Nate Pearson. And I'm Ronald Taylor. All right. How's it going? Good, good. Just living the dream, you know. Excited to be here this week. Glad you guys were able to join us today. How are you doing, Nate? I'm good. I was just thinking, I wonder if anyone's like ever had a dream and then lived that dream out. Like exactly, you know, like they made it there. Not like exactly, but they like saw like a, not like a biblical vision, but they just had a dream and they just like followed that. And it was like pretty much to a T what their goals were. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, Hey, if you guys are, are listening today and you guys have, had a, a goal or a dream of, of what you guys wanted to be as you were coming into adulthood and maybe you're in adulthood now and that came to fruition. Like, man, send us a, send us a little tidbit of, you know, how you guys got there, what happened for you guys to get there. Um, and, uh, if it, if things are kind of going according to plan, cause I think that is the, the minority of, of life right now is <laughs> things going Definitely. according to plan. So, um, <laughs> but on that note, I will say we uh, we've been getting some some feedback lately. We've been getting some some people emailing us. Um, you know, we'll go ahead and plug that in right now. If you guys have a question, any advice, any things that you guys want to communicate to us, you can reach us at smalltalk.smallworldmedia at gmail.com. And we actually got an email from last week's episode, and we it's based off of. Uh, the the situation where the guy was living with his parents and they were not letting him be in a room by himself. They weren't letting him sleep in a room by himself. They were making him sleep with the door open, the lights on, and with him. And so we had uh, some input from last week. Uh, JG says, I truly do enjoy every episode. I may have some insight on the last scenario on this past week's episode about the lights off and parents sleeping in the same room. I lived overseas two years ago, and it was completely normal for parents to stay in the same room with their kids. Not often till they were 17, but that's mostly because they moved away for school or were working to help provide at that point as well. The lights off and door open was a cultural thing too. They believe if you left the lights off, you were welcoming in dark spirits. Many times we stayed with different families, and they most were very alarmed that we turned the lights off. Most of them would almost immediately come and turn them back on for us or have their kid who slept in the same room with them turn them on for us. The door stayed open for the most part because it showed they had nothing to hide or be ashamed of. Some would just remove their doors altogether. All that to say, maybe it's cultural. Not saying that's the answer, but if they grew up in a Southeast Asian culture, that's likely the reasoning for the crazy parent behavior. So pretty cool feedback. What do you think, Nate? It is. Uh, yeah, I read that. I was like, well, that, that actually makes some sense. Um, now, the only thing I would that brings the question to mind is why did the kid, why was the kid not knowledgeable of this unless the parents just did not inform them? Yeah. And I think, you know, the unfortunate thing is sometimes, you know, it seemed like they weren't in Southeast Asia. Like when he was writing this, whether, you know, they were stateside or not. Um, but the unfortunate thing is sometimes I think there's a disconnect between kids that are born in the U S and their families that are born in other cultures. And so their parents will raise them up in specific cultures and ideologies, but it doesn't get communicated well to them because it's just like, Oh, it's how we do these things. 
and and that's that you know and so um which would explain like him being upset but also like having access to another room having a playstation like having all of these amenities um but that being said like just speculation you know just pure speculation so but cool insight cool thought you know i think that was something that i didn't you know perceive in that moment was like yeah it could be just like them being like yeah if you leave lights on you're like you're welcoming dark spirits like if you if you shut your door like it means you have something to hide like it means you're ashamed of something and so those are also things that very well could have been communicated to them um even as second generation parents and they didn't even know why you know or things get lost yeah. in, in translation so well definitely everything even you know unintentionally we look through an american lens so that's just what our worldview is and it's just the same as if you live in another country that you look through that lens so it's interesting to hear from someone who has a perspective from a different point Mm. of view yeah for sure all right well i'm going to start us off with something a little little off the wall this says i have so much garbage in my room and my parents don't really know Hi, 17-year-old male here. Ever since I was a kid, I never was never really alone in my in a room. My room had to be gone through so my parents could go to their room, constant barging in and stuff. I would always mm. struggle with hiding things in the places where my parents wouldn't find. So many cans of soda, but there was always a limit so it didn't go bad. Ever since my brother left, I finally had a room all to myself, the upstairs. Things got bad and my parents found stuff, but they forgave me. I was told I couldn't eat or drink upstairs and I was okay with it until COVID hit. It was so bad, mental illness level, I was staying up until 5 and I didn't want my parents to hear me to go to the bathroom. I've had so much garbage in my room for years. It sucks because I have a big closet. It's now full to the brim. Can't get rid of it. Don't drive. I don't drive yet. I'm currently trying to clean it now. I don't know where to put it all. I don't want them to know I'm breaking down. I don't want to do it anymore. I want to wake up and it be gone. I don't want to see my parents' faces when they see how much of a disgusting, horrible mess up I am. They do so much for me. I'm a disappointment. I wish I wasn't born. What should I do? Any advice? Mm-hmm. Man, that's heavy. It yeah, is heavy. I, so my, I'm getting a little vulnerable here. My mom is actually, once I moved out of the house, she actually had become a pretty bad hoarder. Um, and that is something that, yeah, I, I sympathize with, you know, it, it's hard because people that, and I mean, I even resonate with this. Like if I'm feeling depressed, like if I'm feeling anxious, if I'm feeling down, like the last thing I want to do is clean. Right. Yeah. And then realizing, well, if I don't want to clean, it's not going to get cleaned and we're still going to do, we're still going to make mess in the house. Right. And then having a messy house ends up messing up your mentals as well. And so now like you're depressed because your house is messy, but your house is messy because you're depressed, you know, and it's it, like in a cycle. Oh yeah. It's just really, really bad, bad cycle. And it's hard because the motivation to clean may never come. Right. Like luckily I'm at a point where I really like, I'm not really struggling with depression right now. And so I can, I can just make myself like, okay, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. Um, but I, I think the biggest encouragement for me, not motivating myself to clean, but making myself clean is 
fixating on something that you have to do, right? Whether it's your laundry, picking up trash, uh, throwing stuff away, like do one thing at a time, right? One step at a time. So, all right, if I got to fold laundry, I'm just going to make, I'm going to say, I got to fold one shirt, right? I'm not going to say I got to fold all my clothes right now. I just need to fold one shirt. And usually if I get to the point where I'm folding one shirt, I'm just going to fold another shirt, right? Cause I'm already here. Like the True. biggest, the biggest wall that we run into is that first step. I mean, in school writing an essay, like the fir- the hardest thing that, that, ma- that made it hardest for me was writing my introduction, like my intro paragraph. But once I got an introduction in, once I, you know, got my first few sentences in, I was able to really pound the rest of it out, be done with it and be successful. You know, like I think that goes with anything, picking up trash, organizing, like folding clothes, doing whatever. Like if you just say, hey, I'm going to do this one little thing, one this this one small thing that's feasible for me to do. Usually we can go forward. And if we can't, if we have to get halfway through it and we're like, you know what? I'm kind of overstimulated, kind of overwhelmed. You're halfway further than you were to begin with, right? We have to get out of this cycle where we get so overwhelmed about something that we don't do it at all, right? Because we feel like we're not going to finish it. If you don't finish it, it's not a big deal, but you're doing so much more by starting it than you are than not finishing it all. Um, and with the mess, you just got to throw stuff away. <laughs> like you just have, we have to throw things away. Um, you know, I don't know if a lot of it is just like sentimental stuff. If it's just garbage, that's overwhelming or whatever. Like if it is not, if it's not practical to me right now, I really have to decide, okay, what is this? Like what services is doing to me? You know, is this okay to have as a picture? Do I need to hold on to it or should I throw it away? What do you think? I I don't I don't they may have the motivation to clean. I think they're really mm-hmm. afraid that their parents are gonna be like, Where did all this trash come from? Um, even mm-hmm. if it, they do put it in the trash can successfully in cognito mode, the parents are probably gonna take <laughs> something out to the trash can and be like, Why is there eight ten bags of trash out here? You know, that wasn't here. Mm-hmm. Um so I understand. I think the biggest fear here is embarrassment. And I, I totally get that because we all experience that to an extent. If you ever had a messy house, like even if it's not like crazy and you have someone coming over, panic ensues. And you finally oh, yeah. understand the feeling that your mother felt all those years before when they're like, <laughs> you have to clean the house. A guest is coming. And you're like, it's not even bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so there's a point where you, you know, you flip that switch unless it's something you're really, com- someone you're really comfortable with. But yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, we can't let people know we live here <laughs> <laughs> for real. That's how it is. And then in terms of um, like, I think another thing that stops a lot of people, not necessarily in this case is OCD because people have a very bad misconception of what OCD is. OCD mm. doesn't mean you have to have everything like clean and perfect. You know, I mean, I'm sure there are forms of OCD that cause that, but it's really just a mental organization thing slash disorganization mm. thing. Things have to be done a certain way. You might have a pile right. of clothes, but this pile of clothes has to be here and that pile of clothes has to be there. Like, mm-hmm. um, so that can really getting stuck in those ruts. 
I struggled with OCD, not diagnosed, but like as a kid, like I knew something was off because in order for me to go to bed, I had to do some weird things a certain numbers of times, like in order to sleep, things that didn't make mm. sense. Like, yeah. like, I don't know. It was, I, I can't even describe it. Like stupid stuff. Like how many times I had to close a door, like that, like was such a struggle. It it, it, it no logic to it, but like right. it was there. Yeah, no, that, my, my grandpa had OCD and he was like, he had to touch like every doorknob three times, like before he could go in, like he had to make sure things were locked a certain amount of times before he could leave. Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. Like there's no rhyme or reason to it, but it, it like connects and makes sense in our minds. And so that definitely would be a big inhibitor to, you know, being productive and trying to get something that's already messy clean, you know? Um, but I think in that, the scheme of the scheme of the embarrassment, like, I feel like you're going to be embarrassed either way, right? Yeah. If your parents find out about your messy room or they find out you had a messy room, but dude, if you were my kid and I saw piles and piles of trash bags in the trash can or the dumpster, like my initial thought would be, okay, dang, you had a really messy room. But I would be proud of you because you took the initiative to clean your room, True. right? Like, I would be more upset that you let your room get that way, and it's still that way, and I had to find it that way. But the fact that you got it that way, took the initiative to clean it that, like, to clean it and get rid of all that stuff before I had to make you, like, I don't. I think every parent would be like, dude, kudos to that. You know, like, I'm proud of you for realizing this is not okay, cleaning it before I had to get on you about it, you know? Yep, I agree. So this next one says, I found out about my mother's possible engagement through Facebook. Hi, everyone. A couple of weeks ago, my mom asked me, a teenager, to look for her card in her purse, and while looking, I found what looked like an engagement ring. Fast forward to last night, I found that her boyfriend of 12 months commented something about me being her or being his quote-unquote son. I, being nosy, go to his account and see that he has posted a status updated last week uh, announcing his engagement. The weird thing, he must have blocked my family members from seeing the post and maybe even my mom. I didn't see anything of, I didn't see any of them like or comment on the post. Should I ask my mom if she's engaged? How should I go about this? Yeah, I mean, I think... Your deductive reasoning and deductive skills are pretty spot on if her boyfriend is saying that they're engaged um, and she found and they found a ring because um, my initial response was maybe it was just a gift. Maybe it was like a promise ring or something like that. But if he's going and posting that they're engaged. Yeah, I mean, there might be some some sketchy behind the scenes stuff going on. And with that, dude, I would. Yeah, I mean, the only thing you can really do there is have a conversation you know, whether it be you just sit down and say, Hey, like I need to have a conversation with you or you grab the ring and you're like, Hey, what's this? You know? Um, cause I think it is good to have a basis of evidence, right? Like, Hey, I've seen this post. Like, like if it were me, like I would screenshot the post and be like, just have that as backup. And then I would, you know, come forward. My mom, I would give her the, the possibility, you know, and the chance to come clean right away. And 
if she's kind of beating around the bush, like I would be like, Hey, it's okay. So then what does this mean? Like, why did he post this? Like, why did I find a ring in your car? Like for me, I don't want to, to beat around the bush. Right. Mm -hmm. If, because that's what I'm angry with right now. Like I'm angry because my mom is being deceitful, right? My mom is being secretive. So as I try to approach her about that, I don't want to be secretive and deceitful about that either. Right. I want to say, Hey, like I have reason to believe this, what's going on. And then here's why I think this, and I want to be super transparent in that. And if I've got a, if they've got a good relationship, you know, things should go well and there should be open communication. And that's really going to be up to both of them wanting to, to perform well in that. But that really is, I think the only way to go about that. You know, I wouldn't try to, to delve into anything else. I would, you got to go straight to the source, you know? Yeah. I'd also be concerned for my mom because that's very suspect behavior from someone you call your significant other. (laughs) And does she know about, like, and obviously she has to ring. She knows he proposed, but like, I don't know. I can't think of a scenario where it makes sense, but what if she said no, but like, he told her to keep the ring or something and he went and told, you know, to hold on to it or I don't know, something weird or he put it in his purse. Those are all crazy. But, and then he went and said, Oh, I'm engaged. <laughs> right. There's some yeah, insane people and, out there. Like, I mean, yeah. And even the point of like, why are they being secretive about it? You know, cause even if both of them are on the same, the same page, it's like, are you thinking like, are you like afraid of what your kid has to say about it? Um, you know, are you afraid of what your son's response would be? So like, you're excited to be engaged, but you don't want him to know where it's like, man, first off, we shouldn't be afraid of our kids. You know, it's like, you're your own person. Like (laughs) you, you deserve to have a relationship with somebody that you love, you know, don't be afraid of your kid. Um, but yeah, why are you being secretive? Like, is he not a good guy? Like, should you not be with him? Should you not be in a relationship period? There's, you know, there's, there's red flags there of like, why are you guys are being secretive? Crazy. Uh, but in flags. that, like, it's like, cause at the end of the day, it's going to come out eventually. Right. Like you can't, you can't get engaged and married to somebody and people never find out unless you like <laughs> go live in a shack in the middle of nowhere in Alaska. Right. It's going to come out into light. And so the biggest thing is to be transparent. So things like what happened now when he finds things out on social media and finds this ring instead of hearing it from your mouth first, you know, cause that's the big thing. Like if something is going to happen, you need to communicate that right away before people find out elsewhere, because one, they are going to find out from elsewhere. And most of the time it's not going to be the correct information. So be upfront and transparent initially. Yes, that's, that's very true. And, I think it's interesting that they blocked everyone else, but they didn't, or if they did, um, but they didn't yeah. block the sun. Like, I feel like that's one of the first people, if you were trying to hide something, you would go, I don't know. Maybe yeah, they no just looked at the Facebook post. Um, I don't know. Maybe they're, maybe the guy just has no followers, <laughs> but no, I mean, you just gotta, it's your mom. You should be able to have a conversation open and honest with her. And if you yeah, don't have right. that kind of relationship, I'm sorry for you. You deserve better. Um, but just attempt it. Go and just ask her. Like, don't don't accuse her. Be like, are you engaged? And <laughs> no, be like, hey, I I saw this. There could be another explanation, but I just wanted to ask right. you and get the truth before the rumor mill gets started. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like the biggest thing that we want, biggest thing we see in scripture and the biggest thing we want to do in any conversation, right, is to, to show two things and it's grace and truth. Like we want to be graceful in how we communicate with people and love and understanding and patience. And we also want to be truthful. And so as we come into conversations and situations like that, man, remind yourselves, like, man, grace and truth, grace and truth are the biggest things that I need to come into this with. So, yes, that's, that's the truth right there. All right. So this says, I want to go back to school, but I have no idea what to study. I have a few college credits under my belt from well over a decade ago. Life, work, family, etc. got in the way, so I stopped after only a few part-time semesters. I've wanted to go back for a long time. I currently work in retail as a department manager, and I absolutely hate it. I understand. One problem I have is that I have no idea what I want to study. There are a few things I'm interested in, but the main one is science. I'd like to get a degree in biology, but I don't know how useful of a degree it is, which leads me to my second issue. I'm only going to be able to go back part-time, again, work and family commitments. So it's going to take me over two years just to get an associate's degree. I don't know if I'd be able to do anything with an associate's degree in biology. There is also the issue of math. I never failed any math classes, but I was never good at it. Right now, I can't even remember the basics, so even taking the community college placement exam is going to be embarrassing. I thought about a trade, but I'm 43 years old with a trashed back, so I don't think there's much I could do. Plus, I don't. Plus, where I live, I'd have to quit my job for most programs that I've looked at. I don't know what to do or which path to take. I really regret not taking school and my future seriously 20 years ago. Mm. Yeah, that the big thing there though is props for pursuing something or thinking about pursuing something because it really like it's never too late like it, it really is never too late to pursue what you want to do it will make it harder like it's going to be yeah. tough it's going to be difficult but that is not the deterrent to stop you know um i think one of the biggest things that i wish maybe not maybe not weren't available to me but i didn't think of would be all right things that you have an interest in like for example biology and science i would think of a few trades not trades but a few careers in that field that i might want to do eventually and then i would pursue somebody that's currently in that field like and have a conversation like reach out because most of the time if you reach out to somebody in a current career field like they're at least open to conversation, right? Maybe not an internship or a job or things like that, but at least a conversation. And that way you can kind of get some, like a, a ground of what will this take? How can I attain this? Do I want to do this? Right? Because I think his, his questioning was good in the beginning. All right. Like I want this degree. I want to do something with biology, but what can I do with it once I graduate? You know, and I think so many people fail to think about that before they go to college. They're like, oh yeah, like I want this degree. This degree seems really cool, but what can you do with it? Right? Like what, what is your end game? What's your goal once you graduate college? And so many people don't think about that. Now, obviously this guy's in his forties, so he is well versed in thinking about consequences now, hopefully. And so, yeah, I mean, I would seek somebody out in a field and say, hey, you know, what can I do with this? Or even thinking about a specific career that he wants to do or is interested in. And then I would seek communication with somebody in that field. How feasible is it for me to kind of get my feet wet in that? 
and then going from there and saying, okay, like I want to attain this degree now so I can get in this field, you know? Yeah. Well, I relate to not being sure which career path to take college wise. Now, obviously Mm -hmm. I'm at a young age, so I did it at the age where most people do, but that doesn't change the struggle. Um, now you do have the added responsibility of a family to care for. So it's stressful that you think I can see where you can think, even if I get this degree and I get a job in science, a science field, is it going to pay enough for me to take care of my family? And that's Mm, a priority. So like, I know with an associate's degree in biology, you could probably get a job as a lab tech, um, somewhere. Uh, it wouldn't be, you know, a high paying one, but it would be a start, but it's just, I know it's difficult, but a lot of places value that experience more than they value that degree every day. So if you love biology and you want to make it work, maybe you have to work a second job to, while you're doing what you love to do there, there's ways to do it. There's just not easy ways to do it, but that goes for everything. There's not an easy way to do anything. So I think the main thing is you have to sit down and get on the same page with your family, whatever that family structure looks like, communicate with them and say, Hey, I have these dreams and goals, but you're my priority. Would you be willing to help me to do this? And I think that's the best path for success. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. That's a good word. Cause the biggest thing is like that career, that dream, that job, like it's not always going to be there you may even never get to the point where you fully attain that, but your family's already there. You know, like your family has to be your priority in everything. And we mentioned this with the, uh, I think a few episodes back with a guy that wanted to pursue his dream, like of starting a business, but also thinking about if it was time to have kids. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta really level things out. You gotta think about, all right, what's going to happen here is this feasible? Is this possible? Can we can we balance and, and budget this out? You know, and I think at the end of the day, like it's also good just to have a degree under your belt. You know, so you know if you feel like you're able to balance this associate's degree in biology on top of everything else in your current job, like go for it. You know, set do that first step in that dream. You know, just like we mentioned earlier in the episode. If we're getting overwhelmed and overstimulated at things that are coming up because it's a huge and lofty goal, fold that first shirt, right? Like take that first piece of trash away. If you're coming into it, okay, like I need to at least take a class, get a couple classes under your belt, see how you feel about it and go from there. But you're never, you're never going to know until you try. And so I think that that big first step is going to be good. Like, and then go from there because the Lord will open up doors for you as you continue like if this is something that is meant to be if this is something that's going to go if it's it's going to work like the lord's going to make it work right you just got to put the work in that's true very true all right this one says the restaurant let me start over the restaurant i'm working at (laughs) lies to the customers that certain dishes are vegan i just feel bad for them every time someone who is vegan orders these foods and i take their orders i want to tell them that it's not actually 100 percent vegan because I can't as but I can't as my boss told me not to because there's no animal flesh 
uh, but veganism goes beyond just meats and he knows that but he doesn't want to acknowledge it it's one of the best-selling dishes in the restaurant and they've been doing this business for 20 plus years and if they admit it now it'll completely ruin their reputation as they have a lot of regulars who are vegan and order these those dishes or um yes so those dishes i have confronted my boss many times but to no avail so recently i have been thinking about whether or not i should report to the authorities or not i assume he means like food related authorities and not police but i don't know um it is just bugging me <laughs> or the police like 911 <laughs> what's your emergency <laughs> Uh, you're not going to believe this officer. Uh, no, it's just bugging me. I think it's very unfair to the customers. My boss is not a bad person and he treats me well. And if I report this and something bad happens to the restaurant, I know a lot of lives of people working in the restaurant will be badly affected and possibly ruined. What should I do? Any advice will be appreciated. Thank you very much for reading my worry. Dang. Yeah. The the biggest thing, I think the overarching theme of that is, like, you really have to go where your conscience lies. You know, yeah. like, if this is something that really is bothering you, you, you need to take a step forward and either, like, one, quit and find another place of employment if you're not going to oust it to everyone. Or on the other side of things, like stand there and be like hey like you know this is more of a, actually a vegetarian dish instead of a vegan dish i just want to give you a heads up and not escalate it into something that it's not you know because i think if you're like calm cool and collected when you're interacting with a customer it won't be a huge deal you know just they'll be like oh okay i'll look for something else you know yeah. i don't think it has to be this huge like riot and alert the authorities because things are going crazy because at the end of the day, it's not like somebody's putting their foot in it or spitting in their food, right? Somebody, they're not poisoning the food. It's it's just preference. It's food preference, right? And I think, you know, I understand that there are people that are vegetarian and vegan that are really passionate about the treatment of animals and consuming animal byproduct. And so that should be a point in time where you're like, hey, like I understand you're vegan. This is more of a vegan dish or a, more of a vegetarian dish and not vegan. Just want to let you know probably find something else on the menu you know but really go where your conscience lies and if you feel like there's too much of an issue there there's you know you can't work in good conscience all right then go find somewhere else to work you know like i don't i know it's, yeah. it sucks and it's hard and it's like it's frustrating because it's like oh i'm being treated well here i like working here but if your boss isn't willing to hear what you have to say and your boss is willing to be deceitful to customers, how well are you actually being treated there? You know, how great of a place is it actually to work if all of these things are happening? Yeah, that's true. It's, you know, interesting that, you know, they at least they thought of if I go and tell, you know, people about this above the heads of my bosses um, or like, you know, health services or something that it could affect the lives of others because, a lot of people mm -hmm. wouldn't really think about that, you know, I think. And it's it's true. I mean, people could lose their jobs if it is that serious. But at the same time, you can't stand behind something that's wrong. You can't sit there and, yeah. you know, support something that you know is not right because you're you're hurting. Even though you can't see it, you're hurting everyone around you just as much. Now, of course, mm -hmm. this isn't a matter that's super duper duper life-threatening or serious so i mean i'm not saying it's not important but 
I think that on Ronald's note, most vegans are used to not being accommodated to because it's only a recent development that restaurants are providing vegan options and all the alternatives that people need or people want. Right. So there is a small percentage of people that that would flip out about it. Um, and that's just a reality of it. But a majority, I would say, would would respectfully, you know, as a human, just be like, okay, I understand. Thank you for telling me. <laughs> uh, but yeah. that's really just my viewpoint on it. Yeah, and <laughs> not to burst any vegan or vegetarian bubbles out there that might be listening, but unless you're fixing your stuff on your own and just eating strictly produce, like the the downside of that lifestyle is a lot of the things that you see that say vegan or vegetarian or even non-GMO or free range or I mean literally anything that's labeled most of the time like that's deceitful marketing you know like it still is one of those things and so you just take that with a grain of salt and realize like there there are bigger things to be upset about but I would encourage, like, you know, for the person just asking for this advice, like, be transparent, be real, like, because it does go a long way. You it know, is. something just as something as small as saying, hey, you know, like, I know this says this. It's not really this. Like, that would mean a lot to that customer for you to communicate that. And if you receive a consequence for somebody, if somebody finds out that you're doing that, okay, like, big whoop. You know, this doesn't seem like a super awesome place of employment anyway. You can find somewhere else. Like, there are tons of millions of restaurants out there. You know, like, you'll be okay. But standing in good conscience and I think in good faith will lead to a happy customer and maybe even a good tip. You know? True. Very true. All right. I think we got time for one more. This says, cool deal. Bully found me on my face on Facebook and apologized. Says she's haunted by it, quote unquote. In high school, I was picked on a gr- by a group of girls for a couple of years because I dated one of her boyfriends. Several of them took it way too far, and one of them even threw me into the side of a truck so hard I didn't even know what ha- know what happened. I assume I got a concussion, and I suffer from migraines now. My friend and parents should have gotten me medical care, but unfortunately, that did not happen. I assume this girl knows she hit me pretty hard, and this is the second time she's contacted me over the years and has apologized. She's called it as quote-unquote strange, and she said quote-unquote going through something and that she's haunted by it. She does not know that the migraine, that it gave, about the migraines, as far as I know. It was 26 years ago, and there's no way to know if my migraines were caused by this. I already told her it was water under the bridge the first time she contacted me years ago. Of course, I wish she and her friends wouldn't have bullied me, and it took a long time to cope, but I think I'm past it now. I don't know if I should take the time to speak with her or if I should just ignore her. I'm not sure exactly what she what she's after since we already briefly spoke about this. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately it's, it's really going to be where you're at. You know, if you're if you're asking somebody, hey, should I forgive them? Should I give them a chance? Like so on and so forth the answer should always be yes, right? But that's easier said from a second party than somebody who's experienced that trauma, right? Because you are going to have to forgive. Like, you say it's water under the bridge, 
but it really has to be water under the bridge for you. Like, of course, you're going to remember the things that happened, but if you're not willing to forgive and put those things in the past, right, there's not going to be a good friendship there because literally everything that she does wrong is going to come back to that instance, right? It's going to come back to the bullying. It's going to come back to all the bad stuff that happened in the past. And if that's 26 years ago, like you can't let her still be accountable for that and things that she might do wrong now, because any friendship that you come into, like somebody's going to do something wrong. Like somebody is going to offend somebody. Somebody's going to make somebody upset. Somebody's going to get angry, especially the closer that you get, right? Because it's the more time that you're spending with a flawed human being, right? With a broken human being that is like a result of the fall, you know, and, and a culprit to the curse of sin. Like it is going to happen. And so I'd say, man, always, we should always try to reconcile with people. You know, we should always try to, to reconcile and come into friendships, um, even 26 years removed. But in that, like you have got to be in a spot where you understand, all right, this person may do something to hurt my feelings. Am I going to hold what happened all those years ago over their head? You know, it's got to be your first question. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. She should reaffirm the forgiveness. But I also think this is not as much of a matter of her forgiving her as it is the other person forgiving themselves. I think they have mm-hmm. a heavy guilty conscience over it, and I could be wrong. And I 100% agree. This she needs to re- respond, offer her forgiveness. You know, make sure it's very clear. You know, it's not just like mm-hmm. if you say water under the bridge. You know, that doesn't really have the meaning behind it of saying I forgive you. It, this does not affect me on like a, you know, a personal level anymore. I mean, I know there's the migraines, but you know, in terms of how I view you, this is not there because one definition of forgive is to not take past actions into account. That's the type of forgiveness mm-hmm. we're capable of because we're not capable of forgiving. So there's that. Um, and I, I've lost my train of thought, but I really think, you know, <laughs> this other person needs to just forgive themselves. It's it's hard when you carry around something like that, the weight of your past on for so long, because you can't. Mm-hmm. If you carry the weight of every action you've done wrong around for the rest of your life, you're going to be weighed down to the ground and not able to move because it's already been forgiven for you, you know, by the debt that was paid by Christ. Right. So it's no longer mm-hmm. your responsibility to carry that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that it's a really good point to make because I think people can often feel guilty about something and then feel like, okay, I have to make up for this. Like I've got to I've got to be their friend and spend time with them because of what I did in the past. And then you're kind of just leading to like superficial relationships, you know, because nobody really actually cares. But I think I do think there's also potential there, you know, like for self forgiveness to come actual forgiveness to come reconciliation and then an actual beautiful friendship to come to fruition through this circumstance you know like we they've got to be you've got to be willing to let that happen but also not forcing anything like if somebody says they forgive you for something that happened all those years ago and you are not the same person it's okay to let that go you know like it is okay to to be done with that and then move past it so yeah it's a good it's a good word yeah all right well that's all we have for this week i hope you've enjoyed this week of small talk ronald do you want to tell them what to do and where to find us 
Yeah, you guys can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, all your major streaming platforms. Uh, make sure you guys, if you guys like what you hear, if you guys enjoy us on a weekly basis, uh, make sure you guys give us a five-star uh, rating. Make sure you guys leave us a good review. Uh, the more you guys interact, the more that we're able to be out there um, and so other people can see us. Make sure you guys share. You know, Share our posts. Follow us on Small World on Instagram. Uh, share to your stories. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Tell your grandma. Tell your dog. Tell everybody that you like Small Talk. Um, and if you guys have any opinions, any thoughts, any feedback on what you guys hear, um, man, go ahead and send us an email at smalltalk.smallworldmedia.com at gmail.com once again that's smalltalk.smallworldmedia at gmail.com throw in your advice any stories any questions concerns and feedback maybe on things that you heard the week before and we'll make sure to to cover it and uh, and read what you guys send in at the beginning of each episode we hope you guys have a great week hope you guys enjoyed our episode stay safe don't text and drive spam it to your dogs call your grandma because she misses you have a great week guys have a great week Ha <laughs> ha